Yeah, the only other announcement we, we have, I'm gonna, we're just going to pray over our offering here in a minute, um, is regarding to our giving statements. If you didn't see it, uh, <clears throat> Janie is at a table right by the exit when you come in and when you leave. Uh, we have our giving statements available for 2020. So those are, you know, whatever you gave in the year 2020 for your tax purposes and all the other stuff, those are there as well. So don't forget to pick those up. And if you're watching online or maybe you haven't attended in a while, that's also okay. We will send those to you in the mail if we don't see you in the next week or so. Uh, we'll get those in the mail so you can have them ready for tax time, okay? Okay, uh, last thing I want to do is I want to pray for our team that's at the City Mission this morning. We have a team that's serving at the City Mission. Every three months or so, we have a team led by Camille and a few others who go down and serve the meal on a Sunday morning at the City Mission. And not only do they serve, but they mingle around and they pray, and then they share the gospel message of Jesus Christ and what he has done. And time after time, people give their lives to Jesus Christ. So let's just pray for them right now. Heavenly Father, we just lift up our City Mission team to you. We thank you for the mission. We thank you for the impact it has in our city. Father, we thank you that the lives that it's touching and changing, and Father, just bless our team there today. Father, as they are serving your children, Father God, those that you love and care for and gave your life for, Lord, that they will do it with joy, Father God, and that people's lives will be radically changed today as they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, what I want to do here, let me just read a scripture and then we'll pray over the offering and then I got a lot to share with you this morning. I've got a lot of things that God has placed on my heart. Luke 6, 45. I want to read this scripture to you for our offering and then I'm going to pray over our offering and I'm going to get into the message. It says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Wow. We were talking about finances yesterday, and I was doing kind of our own internal, like the Ackerman family, you know, end of year recap and doing all the finances and seeing where things are at. And I started saying things and declaring things that did not line up with God's word. I did. I'm being honest, truthful confession here, right? And I just started saying things like, you know, well, you know, well, if this can happen or if that could happen and, well, you know, it's not quite as much as I hoped we would have by the end of the year and I'm not sure we'll be able to do that even though we wanted to go do that this year. And my beautiful wife was just like, really? Really? Preacher man? Really? Is that what you're going to speak? Is that what you're believing? Is that where your heart is? And I thought about this scripture, out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. And, and, and what we can really begin to understand is, it's almost like this way to measure where you're at. It's a way to measure where you're at. Sometimes I feel like I should put on like, you know, the uh, voice memo recording on my phone and listen to yourself periodically and the words that are coming out of your mouth. We are speaking life and or death over our life, over our finances, over our children, over our jobs, over our boss, over the president-elect, over the current president, if he's even still president. I don't even, I don't even, I'm stop watching, okay? Like all this stuff that's going on and the stuff that we're spewing out of our mouth. 
It's out of the overflow of our heart. It's giving us an indication where our heart is. Where is, where was my heart yesterday? Obviously not in abundant faith about the future and the finances of the Ackerman family. And I had to repent of that. I said, whoa, okay. I need to change, and I changed my verbiage a little bit. I was working on it. How many of you know it's, a lot of times it's a work in progress, amen? You don't just go from here and then you start saying over here, like it's this progress where you begin to work and you begin to change what you speak. But the only way, the only way you change what you speak is you have to change what you believe. You have to change what you believe. So is Jesus Lord over your finances, yes or no? Yes or no? If it's yes, then let's act that way and speak that way and begin to say, Lord, have control over my finances and begin to speak the promises of God that our cups will be overflowing. Amen? All right, let's pray for our offering. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for every gift, every giver. We thank you, Lord, that you are the God of abundance. That you do more than we could ever ask or imagine. Father, I thank you for how good and faithful you are to us. And Father, I just ask that in 2021 that we will see a movement towards being debt-free in Jesus' name. Both at the church and in our personal lives. And every person that's here, a movement towards being debt-free. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that we can trust in you. For as your word said this morning, you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. And you're always with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, Chet's going to take care of that uh, offering for us. Okay, I have a couple things I want to share. Number one, today is the first day of the fast. I'm excited. Uh, just a quick show of hands. How many of you love coffee and are fasting coffee? Okay. I, I just want to I, I know who to avoid after service is over, right? Right, because people get cranky when we, don't, when we have coffee and we begin to fast it. I didn't see any hands up. So I will be speaking to several people after church, I'm sure, uh, and I will know. I will know both by the way you respond to the things that I say, and then the Holy Spirit will gently tell me, mm-hmm, that person didn't raise their hand, but they're fasting coffee. Okay? All right, God's good. He watches out for us, amen? Well, the fast is going on, and I'm excited to hear the testimonies that are going to come out of this. And what I've said is the fast is called Abide. The prayer guides are called Abide. My message this morning is going to be about abiding, and I'll probably talk about it for a couple weeks of abide. What does that mean? What does that look like? And when we do that and we learn the hows to do that, like I want to teach you this morning, how to do that is amazing, the testimonies that happen in our lives. And I think too often, we, the testimonies in our lives, we think, or I think sometimes, it's if I work a little harder, and I strive a little more, and I do a little this, and I do a little that, and then the testimonies come. You know, good things happen to people who, or some, there's some quote out there that's not in the Bible. Whatever it is, that quote's not in the Bible. Yeah, yeah God helps those who help themselves, there it is. Well, I, okay, yes. God wants us to work hard, and there's Proverbs about all those things, but that is actually not a proverb in the Bible, okay? God helps those who abundantly seek him, who seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, not fame, not fortune, not finances, not promotion, but him. When we seek him, when we seek him, he rewards us, amen? So I've got a testimony I want to share. Brother uh, Rich sent this to me. And I love testimonies, so please bring them in. And so today it says this. This is him writing. It says, today I met for coffee with one of the guys, which after which I had to rush out to a dentist appointment. 
On the way out, I ran into a young man that I had been witnessing to for quite some time. Today, the kingdom of heaven received another member to the family. Amen? What a testimony. And he's going to be working with that person, starting some of the discipleship process immediately. However, the awesome thing about this is, and this is what he says, what Rich says, I had to turn down and reschedule another man's appointment request for an unconfirmed meeting, but God had a plan and worked it out for his glory. Hallelujah. He places us in the right places at the right time for the right reason. And we need to be aware and be led by the Holy Spirit when those things come up. So I love those testimonies. Uh, Those are awesome. Uh, The other testimony I have, let's see if I have it with me. Oh, this is from my little guy, Jairus. I don't know if you guys can see this. You certainly can't see it online because Facebook makes us blurry and cuts us off sometimes. But it says this. There's a person laying here on a bed. And it points to them. It says, somebody. person doesn't have a name. And then there's Jesus over the person. And you can see Jesus praying over that person. And then you see the person jumping up and down. And the arrow says, somebody. Amen? So this is, I mean, I love the hearts of kids, man. I love, they bring us such faith. Amen? They bring us such, when they, they believe. Amen? They truly believe. And I love that. Somebody and then somebody. From death to life. Amen? Isn't that what he does for us in every single way? From death to life. Okay. Well, guys, I'm going to go over, open up your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. We've been doing a series. We're walking through the book of 1 John. We're, we're moving into, we're in chapter 2 here. I believe we're going to start when I get there in verse 6, if you want to just bookmark that for a minute. Um, now, here's what I want to do. I want to, I want to, well, first of all, I have a football. For those who were here last week, Pastor Jim, our founding pastor, preached with a football, and he said he talked about the fundamentals of the faith, and he said, this is a football, famous Vince Lombardi quote uh, from the Green Bay Packers, and I believe in the 60s, um, so which is awesome. And then I was like, you know what? I love football. Why can't I have a football when I preach on the stage? And so I have a little message that relates to football today and ballet, but football and ballet, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring a football on stage with me. So I hope that doesn't distract you this morning. I'm going to have a football. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to recap the week. And you say, ooh, Pastor Jason, you're going to talk about Wednesday. You're going to talk about those riots. He's going to talk about storming the Capitol. He's going to talk about Biden. He's going to talk about Trump. He's going to talk about the future of our country. I've been waiting all week to hear a message on this. No. No. Nope, 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 nope. I want to point you to Jesus this morning. I don't want to point you to Washington, D.C. I don't want to point you to Trump or Biden or anybody else because my hope is in Jesus Christ. My hope is in Jesus Christ. And so my recap of the week is stuff that I learned while reading the Bible through in a year that I started in the first 10 days of this year. I learned a lot. I learned stuff that I didn't realize. I remembered stuff that I already already learned in the past and then I forgot. Let's recap that week for a minute. Can we do that? All right, let's recap this week. So here we go. God gave Abram, or Adam actually, Adam and Noah the same command. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Did you know that? Exact same command. He gave Adam, he gave to Noah. And thank God Noah listened. 
Anybody get that joke? Yeah? Thank God Noah listened. Right? Because everyone else was wiped off the face of the earth. Noah was a man of faith and he obeyed God. God told Noah to do crazy things. Crazy things. And he got ridiculed and he got just bombarded. You know he did. Who builds a boat in the middle of nowhere when it's like never rained before? What's wrong with this guy? He's crazy. Well, thank God he obeyed God. Thank God he obeyed God because we wouldn't be here if he didn't. Amen? Here's some other ones. Things reproduce according to their kind. Over and over in Genesis says, and it produced according to its kind. According to its kind. According to its kind. And I just found that amazing that we as a church, we as believers, we as disciples should be producing according to our kind. According to our kind. Wow. That's how God works. Isn't that amazing? Okay, the other one is, is Satan uses truth to try to trick us. Can I get an amen to that? Mm-hmm. I know it. In Genesis 3, verse 22. Now, I've known this and I've read this before, but listen to this. Scripture's not up there. Just listen to me. I'll read it. When the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil, and now lest he put his hand and also take of the tree of life and eat and live forever. This is fast forward. This is after Adam and Eve already ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what's this saying here? Is when they ate that fruit, they actually had some knowledge of good and evil. Which means when Satan tempted them, in the garden says, if you eat this fruit, you will have a knowledge and be like, more like God and have understanding of good and evil. He actually wasn't lying. He was telling the truth, but he was twisting the truth. He was twisting it because he knew that God told them not to do that. And that's what the enemy does. He's so slick. He's so, he's like, eh, you know, I mean, it's like if he's lying to me about me being short. Now ah, you're too short to be able to do this or do that. Play sports when I was growing up. It is true. I'm short. I know you can't tell online. But honestly, so it's like there are lies in our lives that he, the enemy whispers to us to try to make us believe to prevent us from doing God's calling on our life. Amen? And if you look in Luke 4, what did Jesus do to combat Satan? He used the word. Every time Satan came after him, he used the word. When he was praying and fasting... And Satan came after him and tempted him with this, with power, with food, with all these things. What did he use? The word. What do we need to use? The word. The word, the word, the word. I like this kind of recap. I don't even remember what happened on Wednesday. I like this kind of recap better, yeah? If God is for you, then who can be against you? Come on. If God is for you, then who can be against you? No one. It may feel like they are, but no one. No one. Here's another one. When we are in unity, we can do amazing things. Tower of Babel. Mm. God understood the laws that he set up. When we are in unity, we can do powerful things. Now, they were in unity for the wrong purpose, building a tower that they were going to be like, I'm going to be like God, I'm going to reach God, all that other stuff. And then he split them all up. He confused their language. You remember the story. But the takeaway of the story was not that he spread everybody out and confused their language. The takeaway is if we could get unity, 
in the church, if we could get unity amongst believers, the power that we have to change this country is amazing. And the stuff we see happening this week, okay, I will recap a little bit. The stuff that we see happening this week would matter less if the church was more unified and actually doing the work that the church was called to go do. And we abdicate it to the government, we get upset on who's in charge, but a lot of the stuff that we fuss about is stuff that the church should be doing in the first place. Build the roads, have the military, but there's a lot of things outside of those two things that we as a church have given over to the government. Oh, man. Okay. Sorry. Come on. <laughs> Don't fumble the ball. Okay. Okay. For nothing is impossible with God. Can we end with that recap for the week? Nothing is impossible with God. I know many of you, because I'm your pastor and I hear from you, have had a difficult week. But let me tell you this, those who have had a difficult week, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. So let's talk about abiding in him. What does this look like? We're picking up in 1 John 2, and we're starting in verse 6. It says this. He who says he abides in him, abides in him, him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. It's talking about how Jesus walked. Those who abide in him. I started thinking about this word abide. Like, what does that actually mean? I was talking to somebody at the break, like, abide. What does that mean? What does it really mean? Okay, let's go to the dictionary version of this. It says to endure without yielding. To wait for. Mm. <laughs> To wait for. There are some times when we're abiding in him with Jesus. Sometimes it's a time of waiting. It doesn't mean he hasn't heard our prayers. It doesn't mean that he hasn't and is moving and working. We sing that song. We love that song. Even when we don't feel it, he's working. And even when we don't see it, he's working. Never stops working. Abide to wait for. And listen to this. To remain stable or fixed. To remain stable or fixed. How do we remain stable and fixed? We have to abide in him. Because the stuff of this world, you, you can't remain stable and fixed if you're looking at the world. That's, that is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So to be able to be stand and be fixed in a place we have to stand on his word and who he is and what his promises are. To abide in him. So what does this really look like? Look, we can get, a, we can get close to a lot of people. But abiding isn't mean close. Abiding means in him. Like I can get close to people in Wegmans. They may not like it. But it's busy sometimes and you're trying to keep your distance and I understand but they may not like it that is. But just because I'm close to that person doesn't mean that I know them. Just because I'm close to that person doesn't mean I know them. Because I could only spend a brief moment walking past that person. And I did get close, but only for a moment. And abiding means so much more. Abiding is the sense of staying in God's presence. Staying in Jesus Day in and day out. And you'll be like, Pastor Jason, that sounds amazing. How should I do that? Okay, we're going to get to it. 
We're going to get to it. So what does this really look like? Abiding with him equals this. I love equations, engineer by background. Abiding in him equals relationship with him. Abiding in him equals relationship with him. What does this look like? Well, a couple examples I want to give. First one's a football example. For those who know football, I love football, but those who know football, many of you understand that the coaches on the sidelines have one of those little ear things, and they are in constant communication with the quarterback, or the person on defense too, but the quarterback who is on the field. And that coach is constantly relaying information to that quarterback. He's relaying plays to that quarterback. They are completely in sync with what needs to happen on the very next play as it goes down. Completely in sync. There is a relationship there. In fact, if you look at relationships between players and coaches, the longer they're together, the more they know what the other person is going to go do in a certain situation. Does that not apply to our walk with Jesus Christ? We casually stream by Jesus periodically and we are not in a constant communication with our earpieces on listening to what he has to say we are not abiding in him and we don't know the play call that needs to go down we don't know because we're not listening to what he has so what does this relationship with him look like what does abiding look like with him first point is constant communication Constant communication. 1 Thessalonians 5 says this. Rejoice always. Constantly. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Constantly. All the time. In everything, give thanks. In everything, that means no matter what thing was happening, it's everything you are giving thanks. For this is what? The will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So he says, what's the will of God? What's the will of God? The will of God is for you to have a relationship with him. The will of God is to have a relationship with him through Jesus Christ, his son. Praying without season. It's the sense of a constant communication. You know, in the business world, I've said this many a times, I've had a lot of business jobs, what gets measured gets done. Yeah, everybody know that to be true, right? As a boss, whatever measurements you put out there, whatever metric you put out there, is what everyone begins working towards. And so this sense of constant communication, what is our measurement and our metric on this? And it's what I said earlier. What are the words that are coming out of our mouth? Begin to reflect on the words that are coming out of your mouth. And see, are you in a constant communication with him? This is more than a 10-minute devotional in the morning. This is a state of being in him all the time. It's the state of knowing, having a communication back and forth, exactly what he wants to do in your life when he wants to go do it. There's a measure here besides what the words come out of your mouth. Are you walking with peace and joy no matter the circumstance? If we are not walking, and I'm, I mean, I'm here too, I'm with you guys, I'm preaching to myself. If you're not walking in peace and joy through life's circumstances, it means we are not having this constant communication and abiding in him. Because you can't abide in Jesus. You can't be in constant communication with Jesus 
and respond in a certain way to a situation. It's when we are not in that constant communication, and I'm at fault, right? I mean, where was I at the other day talking about finances? We just talked about that. I was not in constant communication, and I reflected back, and I didn't, I didn't pray before I did those finances. <gasps> Pastor Jason didn't pray. No, I didn't. I just got, get up to it. Let's go. I woke up super early that morning. When was it, Saturday? Was it yesterday? I don't know when it was. It was like, it feels like ages ago. I woke up early on a Saturday morning to get up on it and get going on it. I'm doing those, I'm going to get those finances done. I'm going to get all those bills paid and figure it all out. But I didn't submit that to the Lord. I didn't, I wasn't in constant communication while I was doing those finances. I was just looking at the finances. I was not having that constant, saying, Jesus, Lord, help me with this. Before I even start working on these finances, lead me, guide me, bring me peace, bring me joy. Let me hear your word. Let me say a few scriptures of promises over my finances before I go pay these bills. The second thing this relationship with him looks like is knowing his voice. When you are in constant communication or constant contact with somebody, you know his voice. There are many of you that would call me up on the phone. I would not know your voice. You'd be like, hey, Jason, it's me. I'm like, what? It's who? Now, of course, I've got, if, you're, if I didn't have you in my caller ID on my phone, then I would know who you were, right? But if, if it wasn't there, I wouldn't know who it was. But if my wife called me, no matter what number she was calling from, as soon as she said, hello, I would know that it was her. Because I know her voice. What the Bible tells us is we need to know Jesus' voice. We need to know Jesus' voice. Look at this with me. John 10, verse 27. It says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. When we have a relationship with Jesus and we're in constant communication with him, we begin to hear his voice clearer and clearer and clearer. I promised my kids I'd give a ballet example. And my ballet example is this. I was thinking about it a little bit. There's artistic directors that, you know, they, they set the ballet and they say what they, want, what they want people to do and how they want it to do it. And there's something called the corps the cor de ballet, or I think is what it's called. And there's dancers, and they all dance usually uh, around one song, and they do this certain thing like flowers or snow, if you've ever seen uh, the Nutcracker. But they do this, this ballet. And the interesting thing is, is they are completely, most of the time, when they practice, they are completely in unison when they're doing this dance. Everyone is going to exactly where they need to be, when they want to do it. You'd be like, I can't believe they didn't bump into each other. I can't believe they didn't end up falling over each other. But they're in unison, and their legs go at the exact same time. And all of this stuff begins to happen, and they're doing exactly what the artistic director wants them to go do, exactly when they're supposed to go do it. Do you think that that happened after one rehearsal for one hour? Oh my gosh, my girls do ballet. They're like, uh, no dad. I'm talking 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 hours for us to be so in tune with what the director wants that we know exactly when the music is playing, what exactly we need. I'm not going to do any ballet. 
I can throw a football, but I cannot do any ballet, as my kids know. They know exactly what needs to happen. They are in unison with that artistic director. How many of us want to be in unison with our Lord and our director? He, that time that we spend with him is this time where he is orchestrating, he is choreographing, he is beginning to define and show us exactly what our life has and what it entails. Abiding with him is knowing his voice. This week, I know Liz was saying, you know, the Lord had revealed some things to her as well. I was feeling pressure. And how many of us feel pressure periodically? Anyone who doesn't have their hands up lying, that's okay. Or you just didn't know what I was saying, right? How many of you feel pressure periodically? Yeah, everyone's hand goes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. So, uh, well, actually, I'm not. I know you all feel pressure. And here's what the Lord told me. Here's what he asked me. Actually, you're right, because I shared it with Liz. Here's what he asked me. He said, am I putting pressure on you? I was like... Uh, no. He said, I'll ask you again. Am I putting pressure on you? And I said, uh, no. Now, this wasn't an audible voice. This was in my spirit, you know, for the, as a relationship. But I heard his voice. I knew he was speaking to me because I was struggling under this pressure. All this stuff from this, from that, from the church, from the family, from things going on in people's lives. All of this pressure. And he just asked me this question. And then he had, then he had a follow-up question. Well, where's the pressure coming from? Where's the pressure coming from? And I had realized I am inducing pressure on myself. I have these expectations and these things from other people that I've been putting on as weights on myself. These weren't godly expectations. These weren't godly things that he was putting. The pressure wasn't from him. And I felt such a release. But you see, if I didn't hear his voice, I wouldn't have been able to hear that question. That he said. And if you ever watch a football game and it's loud, well, it's not currently loud because there's no crowds there, don't get me started. <clears throat> it's currently, you, you know, when they're playing, it's really loud and they can't hear. Or maybe there's a malfunction with the microphone that's literally in the quarterback's helmet. And he's looking over to the sideline going, What's the play? What's the play? And he's desperate to know what the coach has to say. He's desperate to know, I need to find out. I need to find out right now what is the play. And he has to say, you know what, I'm going to run to the sideline. I'm going to find out somehow, some way, what is the play that the coach wants me to call. Why don't we act that way? Can we run to him this morning? Can we run to him and say, Lord, I've been trying to do these plays on my own. I got my own playbook. I'm calling my own plays. And I'm tired of it because they don't work. And I need you, Jesus. I need to abide in you so much that as you move, I move too. Think about that. If you're abiding in someone, as that person moves, you're moving with them. You're not separated from them. It's when we're separated from them and they're moving and we're not understanding what's happening. When we don't hear that voice. So we can measure that again also by the words that are coming out of our mouth, by the peace and the joy that we have. And when I say that, is you know what a quarterback does when he hears the play? He repeats it to the people in the huddle. Does he not? 
Because, I mean, unless he tells them, who's going to tell them? And so when we are abiding in Jesus and the words that Jesus is speaking to us, it ends up overflowing out of our hearts and we begin to speak like Jesus speaks. It's the only way to do it. Can't do it on your own. Not possible. You might be the greatest person. You may do all kinds of great works. You may be a great philanthropist. You may go downtown and serve the homeless every single day. But if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you do not have that relationship with Jesus Christ, you are not abiding in him. And the Bible makes it very clear that eternal life is not yours. But I'll tell you what, man, if I was that quarterback, and I am, we're all that quarterback in this analogy, and you have some signal interference, and you can't hear because the noise all around us is too loud, then get to Jesus. Get on your knees. Begin to read your Bible. Read it again, and read it for 15 minutes, and read it for 15 more minutes, and drop down on your knees and pray. Lay on your bed and pray. Constant communication with him is the only way we're going to make it through 2021. Abiding in him. It's the only way. Look how this year has started. Are you joking? We expected something magical was going to happen when the calendar changed. It didn't. We have to abide in him in 2021. The last one here that we have to do, which includes this relationship with him, is obeying his commands. Ah, save this one for last. Obey his commands. John 14, 15 says this. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. The measure here on this one is our actions. What has he told us to go do and are we doing it? What does his word say to do and are we doing it? You know, the things that he, the commandments he gives us, not just the Ten Commandments, but there's commandments in the New Testament as well, are for our own good. Do you know that? He's not someone up there with sourpuss face trying to make your life miserable by following his commandments. Following his commandments are there for a reason to keep you safe and keep you protected. And when you're in relationship and you're abiding in him and you're in constant communication with him and you hear his voice because you are worshiping and you are praying and you are reading the Bible, we can't help but begin to obey his commands. His commandments are caring, loving, and healthy boundaries for us. Worship team, if you want to come back up here. Here's what I know. In my own household, you know how I know my kids are getting in trouble? Or they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing? Oh, it gets too quiet. They're too far away. They snuck off and they're doing something they know they shouldn't be doing. And they're doing it in a room far enough away that I can't hear what they're doing. And so many times in our lives, is it not like that? We're off in another room somewhere doing our thing. But deep in my kid's heart, and deep in every one of our hearts, is to restore that relationship back with Jesus. My kids want to restore that relationship back with their parents. They know they're far away. But guess what I do as a parent? 
Oh, I go looking. Because that silence means one thing. They're either drawing on a wall somewhere, they're eating flour directly out of the bag in the kitchen and making a huge mess. These are all real stories in the Ackerman home. Real stuff. But as a loving parent, I go searching for them. As a loving parent, I say, I know they're in trouble. I need to go rescue them. And then I search for them. And I look for them. And I find them in that room. And then I speak their name. And this morning, I believe that God is speaking each one of our names. He's calling us into a deeper relationship with him. A deeper abiding in him, in Jesus. Committing our lives to him completely and totally. So that we have a constant communication with him. That we understand when he speaks and we hear his voice. And that we obey his commands. Let's bow our heads this morning. You see, the end of that scripture says when we abide with him or we abide in him, we walk as Jesus walked. I can tell you something, church. Jesus walked with power, with love, and with a sound mind. Which to me says when we abide in him, we too walk in power and in love. And in a sound mind. We're starting this fast today, and I'm encouraging each and every one of you. To seek more of Him. More of Him. How? Pray. More of Him? How? Read the Word. More of Him? How? Listen for His voice. More of Him? How? Remove those distractions. Remove that interference during this time of fasting. And then keep it gone. Remove it and then keep it where it needs to be, which is not in your life. Every head bowed and everyone's eyes closed. If you say, Pastor Jason, you're talking directly to me today. I've started 2021 feeling like it was just a carryover from 2020, and I need more of Jesus in my life. I need to abide in Him. I need to remove distractions in my life. I need to make Him my Lord in every area. I need to have constant communication with Him, and I haven't been doing it. If that's you, I just want you to stand up this morning. Come on, don't be shy. Come on, stand up wherever you're at. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I want to pray for you this morning. Oh, Father. Lord, you see each person who have rose to their feet, who have stood up and said, Jesus, I want more of you. 
Jesus, I want more of you. I'm committing to increase this communication with you, to read your word, to obey your commands because I just want more of you. I want to abide in you in 2021. I want to abide in you in 2021. And Father, I ask now that you minister to each person who is standing, each person who is standing, that you would lead them and guide them by your Holy Spirit, showing them what, what things they need to remove as distractions, what sins they need to lay down, what new things they need to do, but more importantly, that you would reveal yourself to them in a greater measure. Reveal yourself to them in a greater measure. And Father, I thank you that you are working in their lives. You guys could be seated. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I'm going to ask this. If you're here this morning and you are interceding or you want to intercede on behalf of somebody else who needs Jesus to infiltrate their life, I want you to stand up this morning. Come on. Come on. Oh, Father. Just lift your hands to heaven this morning. Oh, Lord, we stand in intercession this morning. We stand in intercession this morning on your word, on your promises. Let's say when two or more are gathered together, you are not only with us, but you hear us and that you answer our prayers. And so we are standing in the gap for our loved ones, for our friends. And Lord, we ask that you infiltrate their life with the power of the gospel, with the power that only Jesus can bring. Lord, that you would arrest their attention today. Today, arrest their attention with your goodness, your faithfulness, your glory, your miracle working power. Just begin to pray right now, whoever that is, begin to pray for that person that you're standing for this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we stand in the gap. Thank you, Lord. We praise your name. We praise your name. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that you are moving and you are working, that you never leave us or forsake us. And those who are standing in the gap for you don't leave them or forsake them either, that you are moving and working in their lives. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Everybody else stand with me. Prayer team, if you guys want to come down here this morning. We've got some prayer teams that will be up front. If you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, do not leave here 
this morning without making that prayer, coming up and talking to someone and saying, I need Jesus in my life. I haven't run from him. I've never known him. And I want to know him this morning. And I want to commit my life to him. If that's you this morning, we've got some prayer teams up here that can pray with you. But before we leave, I want to say this benediction. It's out of 2 Peter 1. It says, To those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We've obtained that precious faith because of Him. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. I'm speaking this over you guys today. For this week, this month, this year. As you abide in Him, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As His divine power, His divine power, His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Let's stand on the promises of God this year. That through these, you may be partakers of His divine nature. Father, we thank you for what you've done in this service. We thank you for working in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that we have a better understanding of what it means to abide in you. And we want to move as you move. We want to talk as you talk. And in order to do that, we just need to increase our relationship with you, abiding in you, hearing your voice, and removing those distractions. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. See you Wednesday night for our time of prayer and worship.